This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Well, hello there and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Joe River and joining me today to discuss the Reds are tall Paul Ghost. How are you, Paul? Very well, Joe. Very well. Um, Echo Christmas night out last night, wasn't it? So we're all feeling fresh, uh, ready to fire on and have a little natter about the Reds. You might be feeling fresh, but Theodore Sebastian Barnaby mm-hmm. Squires, and that is just one person, by the way. Um, <laughs> he, he was in at seven this morning. I don't know who, who would do such a thing as to row through him at seven after a Christmas night I think out. he just comes straight from Popwell, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually got in at 6.58. Did I was you? early. You can tell, to be honest. Yeah. Like oh. three hours sleep, I'm knackered. Yeah. And I'm still staying late to do this. Yeah, cancelled. You know, yeah, he does. He does. He does um, give up things for the cause. You've cancelled another date this weekend, haven't you? Yeah, I have anything for the cause. This poor well. girl. How many times have you cancelled? Going on record with this. Yeah, yeah. going on record. How <laughs> many times have you cancelled? Third time. Third time. Yeah, she, she must be into you to be fair to you. If she, she keep, you keep stringing her along, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Theo, no, Theo's into you. What was her name? Oh no, I'm Should not. We give her that. a shout no, out. If I'd done the first date already, but no, we haven't had that opportunity okay. yet. Okay, all right. Well, I don't want to pull her off. That can be an exclusive for next time. I think that ship sailed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might notice the, the dulcet tones of Dan Kay on the end there. How are we, Dan? I'm struggling like we all are, but we're putting a brave face on. I took because Dan. it's Friday and it's the weekend, and Liverpool are top of the league. Yeah. I took Dan home last night, didn't I? Shh. What what happens on the night out stays on the night out. <laughs> yeah. You know that, Jen. Well, Liverpool are top of the league, and um, Jurgen Klopp was doing his press conference today. Paul Ghost, you were down there. <clears throat> yes. Um, was he a very happy man having beaten Everton up five two on Wednesday night? Yeah, he was. He, he was. Um, <clears throat> someone asked him about um, if you win tomorrow, you, you're going to be top of Christmas, and, and does that have any significance here? And he just played played the straight back forward. He said, "No, it doesn't really concern me. He was top of Christmas. Um, he was he was told the record that the last three teams who've been top of Christmas and not won the Premier League have all been Liverpool." And he just said that doesn't mean anything. Different teams and and whatever. Can I can I just interrupt? I did find I, I find that question fairly strange because you do wonder what 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 is he meant to say? Mm, oh, exactly. we're not. Well, if we win tomorrow, we're not we're not going to win it again next year. Then I mean, it's not like. There's not a great deal to say about that. It's unfortunate, but you, you'd rather be top at Christmas than not, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. And that was basically what he was getting at. But um, he said he wasn't really bothered about who's top at Christmas. It's more about who's top on May the twelfth, is it, when the season ends? Um, and he also mentioned a lot about uh, um, resting players and, and recharging batteries and so on when he can, because obviously there were plenty of eyebrows raised when the team news dropped for the Merseyside derby and Klopp had made five changes, but. I think he looked at it and took the emotion out of it. Didn't see it as Everton, seeing a team as uh, struggling in the relegation zone and we're in a really bad run of form and Liverpool were at home. So um, his decision was obviously vindicated and he's he was, he, maybe he was suggesting a little bit that um, not so much his judgment should probably be a bit more respected, but maybe the Liverpool can't do have the squad to be able to make these changes as and when and, and the, the quality isn't, um, isn't too stark that, you know, Liverpool can get by in certain games by making these changes and giving players like Divock Origi and Jadon Shaqiri and, and James Milner a little bit more of a run out than they'd normally get. Um, that was that was that formed quite a lot of what, what he was saying today. I thought. Yeah, Theo. Looking, we looked at the team sheet on on Wednesday night, and everyone was shocked, and everyone reacted with horror that some of the, Salah could be on the bench and and Firmino could be on the bench, but. As, as Gorsi said, then Klopp sort of took a cool head, stepped back, and said, "Right, let's not think of them as Everton. Let's think of them as another team, a struggling side." It's almost as if 
a European Cup winning manager knows what he's doing, isn't he? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> it's a relief, isn't it? Because um, <clears throat> for so long, the front three have been the three that don't get rotated. Yeah. And we've seen in the last few weeks, it's caught up on them. Obviously, Salah's been struggling with his ankle injury. Yeah. Firmino's got what, one goal in two months. Yeah. And Mane, as he keeps saying, just powers through. He doesn't get tired. So he's obviously super hum- human. But the other two have been feeling it. And it's all right saying in one-off games, you can throw Shakiri in or you could throw Origi in. But to make the number of changes yeah. that he did and for him to get the job done so well... It's testament to the squad. And like we always look at Man City when their teams are announced, going, that's a good bench. And you always yeah. think Liverpool don't have that depth. But you look at these players and they are good enough. They yeah. do have that depth. Yeah. Maybe the fans don't have the faith in like Adam Lallana or someone like that in the past. But now when Klopp does give them the opportunities, they do prove themselves. And it's a very good sign going into this Christmas period and the rest of the season. And if we're going back to the um, top of the table question, I think the most... Um, shocking thing about that is that they can already secure top spot what three weeks before Christmas yeah, yeah that was crazy That's yeah. The, when it said it it's like what we're not even a week into the month yet it's mm. mental yeah Dan were, were you um, does that give you confidence seeing the way they played and, and the changes <clears> that they made on, on Wednesday night that, that those players I mean well does it give you more confidence A in Liverpool's title challenge and B in the players that will now probably play a lot of football over Christmas yes and yes <laughs> I will elaborate um I, I think I've already said to you know, when we've been sitting around talking, I think Wednesday night might actually prove to be one of the most significant results of Liverpool season. Not just because they scored five goals for the first time in a derby since I think 1982 when Rush got five, yeah. Rush got four, the famous the first one. first time at since 65, I think. Yeah, yeah, the year after we lost 4-0 at home, yeah. Um, Do you remember that one? No, but it was, it was, it was well documented because they won 4-0 at Anfield and then Shankly was desperate to go one better the year after and he, and he did. So you couldn't get a ticket that day? <laughs> How old do you think I am, brother? Uh, uh, no, the reason why I do think it will be significant is because as, as you have alluded to there, there has been this perception you know, within the Liverpool fan base but also externally as well that outstanding first 11, the first 14 or 15 maybe, but scr- scr- scratch beneath the surface and maybe there isn't the depth of quality there. Now, obviously, it has to be couched by the fact that, you know, without disrespecting them too much, Everton are not, to use the modern parlance, in a good moment. And that's putting it mildly. But it was still a derby match. Liverpool, as well as we've been doing, I think no one would make any great claims to say they've been firing on all cylinders. The last few games have been a bit of a struggle. So to play with the kind of the 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 verve and the... Um, you know, the authority they did throughout the match, certainly you know, in, in midfield and going forward. I mean, obviously, we, did, we looked a bit shaky at the back and conceded two goals again. I just think it sends a great message out, not just to the rest of the squad that there will be opportunities for them, but also to, you know, the main men that, you know, don't rest too easy on your laurels because there are lads here that are hungry, quality and ready and waiting to come in and do a job as and when required. Well, they were five stupendous goals, weren't they? Um, as, um, as Sam Carroll would say. What I, I want to know from each of you, which one was your favourite and why? Because I, I mean, like I, <clears throat> they were just magnificent. Everyone you could make a case for. So go on, Gorsi, you first. My one, my favourite goal was Shakiri's. Um, it was just Liverpool. They do it all the time. Actually, they're just so good at counter attacking. Um, I'd, I'd go as far as to say they're the best counter attacking team in, in world football. And um, as soon as Trent Alexander Arnold pinged that crossfield pass that he does so well. And Mane controlled it instantly. You, you knew um, defence had been turned into attack in seconds. And then he drifts inside, and you think maybe it's opened up for a shot, and then he just feeds in. Shakiri tucks it away first time. Um, fantastic goal. I think that's said in, in the, either the blog or the verdict that it was a goal that was out of this world. It really was a, a superb one. 
Theo? I thought you were going to go for Origi second, as you can keep comparing that, to well, Thierry. Well, that's the point I was making, <laughs> isn't it? Quite, quite easily have gone for that, yeah. Yeah, Martin Shakiri's as well, but it's the fact that he hasn't played for so long. It's like, oh, he's back. He's a player that, even if he's not the quality of, say, Mane and that, he gets you excited. Yeah. And to see him come in and have that moment when he's not played for so long. Yeah. And it was just the run, the fact that he just peeled across the defence, yeah. left them. And it's just, oh, the chance there. And it's almost out of nothing. Brilliant goal. He's got, he's got a knack of doing... Of getting goals, getting assists, he, 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 even if he's not involved that much, because I think that was his first touch. Am he I, am he I barely right got a touch. He barely got a touch. Half, yeah. And he's got that knack, though, hasn't he, of, of being involved in important moments, hasn't he? Too? Yeah, if you look through his whole Liverpool career, it's just the moments, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why he doesn't start the games, because that's all he um, provides. But that's what you remember. All right, Dan, go on. Your, your favourite. I love them all. Uh, I'm going to have to pick one of the other because I thought, even though he's obviously already an eternally cult figure amongst Liverpool supporters. I thought Wednesday night was his best performance in a red shirt. Aside from the two magnificent finishes, he led the line like a centre-forward. Mm. He was big, he was strong. Yeah, he mean is, you know, is, is a big, old, tough international Colombian centre-half and he bullied him at times. The two goals, it's very hard to choose between them. I loved the first one. Um, I read, I'd seen a tweet afterwards, someone going, all that was missing was Craig Johnson sliding, sliding on, on the goal line because it was very reminiscent of Ian Rush's equaliser at Wembley in the 86 Cup final. But I, I am going to have to go for the third one, I think, because Gorsi you know, has, has compared it to, to Thierry, Henry, Thierry Henry and I don't think that is overstating it, to be honest. You know, the, the way he plucked Dejan Lovren's magnificent pass out the air was... was absolutely top draw but then the finish itself would have been you know it would have been very easy just to knock that over the bar yeah. and to, you know, to, it was it was just a world class finish from a lad who was rapidly p- proving to be a world class performer and hopefully a, a night like you get the impression with Origi he is it's a bit, maybe a bit of a sensitive soul and, and, and he needs a bit of confidence sometimes even though what he's done you know plenty of people could dine out forever on a fraction of what he's done in the last 18 months but you know, but to put in a you know, did he? Did he, no, he came off, didn't he? He was subbed because I remember saying I really wanted to get his hat trick here, yeah. and then about two minutes later he got subbed. But um, for you know, the seventy seventy five minutes, however long he was on the pitch, it, to my mind, it was his best performance in a Liverpool shirt, and I hope he can really take a lot of confidence from that and kick on. He had a good season last season, yeah. But it was more—is it fair to say it was more about moments last yeah. season? Whereas. Mm. That reminded me of the Origi. Do you remember the little run he had when yeah. they beat Dortmund and, and in the dark? Until Funes Mori crocked him, yeah. That, that, that's what it reminded me of. When, mm. when everything was coming together, he looked a threat. He, he was making runs in behind. He was holding it up well. Would you go along with that? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and yeah, that, that, it was very, very unfortunate what happened. Then. And it, he, he then had a kind of a... a, a Later that same year, kind of like the autumn, early winter of 2016, I can remember, you know, goals against Sunderland and Leeds in the League Cup yeah. and a great goal, ironically, away to Bournemouth from a narrow angle. Middlesbrough as well. Middlesbrough, yeah, we yeah. won 3-0 there. Yeah. Um, but then it all, you know, it, it kind of tailed off. I remember him scoring at West Ham and, you know, the game that we had to win basically to you know, put us in prime position to qualify for the Champions League. And it seemed like his his, his Liverpool career was over, really. You know, he, he got packed off to Wolfsburg. Didn't he get voted in like the worst Bundesliga yeah, 11 over yeah. there? Yeah, he got relegated. And I think... We, we, scored we, one goal, didn't he? Of course, I think you wrote a piece earlier in the week basically, you know, before the derby match saying, could this derby be for Shakiri what last year's Anfield mm. was for Origi? And, you know, I, I thought they made the point very well that... Whoever when, thought that idea, right? <laughs> Whoever came up with that idea... <laughs> Wow. Can't I mean, it's made silk like, from a soldier, I think. No iron team, Joe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
the, the point remains that, you know, in that Anfield derby last season, when Liverpool was struggling, Everton had arguably been the best team, or certainly had you know, been more than worth the points. And I remember, I don't think I was the only person to think when Origi came on with, what, 10, 15 minutes to go last December, thinking, what's he going to do here? Yeah. And then obviously that, that eternal moment when Jordan Pickford, God bless him, in his little arms <laughs> off the crossbar. And it changed history, didn't it, for both <clears> clubs? <throat> mm-hmm. You know, our trajectory has gone that way and their trajectory has gone that way. And it was, but but a lot of it is down to Origi's desire, professionalism, just now's yeah. common sense. It's what the first thing you're told when you kick a ball at five years old, if, if you're playing up front, follow the ball in. Follow you in. never know. And because one in a million, one in a million, I mean, it would be for that to happen, it is one in a million, isn't it? Goalkeepers lose it sometimes, but it paid off and his, his career's never looked back. And he missed the city just before it as well. I think he had a chance. It was a chance. I can't remember it too clearly, but. Even though he was only on the pitch less than 10 minutes, he was involved. Yeah, I remember seeing him come on against Red Star Belgrade and it was probably Liverpool's worst performance of, of last season. Mm. And when he was coming on, it, it was like, is, is this how bad it's got? Origi's coming on, he, you know, we, hasn't, we haven't seen him for, for how long? And that was his first appearance since the 3-3 against Watford on the opening day of the season before. Um, and then when he, again, when he come on the derby, the, the same thing, but in the Premier League. It's like, is this... Is this how desperate Liverpool got to, to, to turn into to Divock Origi? And since he's got that goal against Everton, he's completely transformed his, his Liverpool career, hasn't he? Mm. Shipped in with so many massive moments, iconic moments that we're, we're all going to be talking about for years to come. And, and um, he was fantastic on uh, on Wednesday night. It's just crazy to think how he'd fallen down the pecking order. Like, you think Dom Solanke <coughs> was ahead Planky, of him. Um, Ings, Sturridge. Ings, yeah, Sturridge. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, Sturridge at the moment, but you could never rely on his body to stay fit. Mm-hmm. And Origi's now the go-to man, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. arguably going to pull Liverpool through this period if Salah's ankle keeps letting him down. Firmino's not quite getting the goals. Well, well, a man who, who probably needs a slice of Origi's determination and perhaps luck is Naby Keita. Paul, you, you mm. wrote about him uh, yesterday. Fifty million pounds, seventh choice midfielder. I think you you called him, and all right, maybe that isn't exactly true, but he slipped down that pecking order, hasn't he? And he was the cl- the change at Klopp <coughs> said he wasn't brave enough to make. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't quite get get that. I, I I should have been more brave because. He, but what does that mean? That he, he's obviously picking the team that he thinks is good enough to win, um, and Cater didn't feature in that. But it's it's an interesting moment, Cater, isn't it? It seems like we we discuss him a lot on these pods, and he's always a a figure that's intriguing to us all, and we're still waiting for this big moment eighteen months on after his fifty-two million pound move from Leipzig, and still waiting for him. Um, because his transfer was an unusual one, wasn't it? It was one where Liverpool agreed it a year yeah. in advance. and So Liverpool fans have been waiting for so long for this big takeoff moment and still it goes on. Um, it's interesting to, to note that Klopp has basically picked every other central midfielder since he last started a game against Genk in the Champions League. So that <clears throat> by that logic, it was that you know he is seventh choice at the moment. Probably maybe a, a little bit facetious, but... Um, <clears throat> he's certainly not someone who's first choice at the moment <clears throat> maybe with Fabinho being out injured okay they're not like for like at all but they're both central midfielders if someone else is going to fill in for Fabinho maybe that'll open up a slot for him somewhere over the next few weeks and yes he, he does need a, an Origi moment shall we say something that's just something to cling to something to build on and um, I'd suggest it's probably going to come soon Is the clock ticking for him now Theo? Do you think Liverpool will at some point Say right, we tried and it didn't work. 
I think it, if he doesn't have the moment soon, you've got to consider that. It's one way, if you look at Klopp's record and the transfer market, Michael Edwards is that. If it wasn't so good, would we have already written him off as a flop? It's just because you always expect the players to come through. And if you look back to Rafa's period, any player like that who came in and they didn't deliver, he was very quick to just say, right, I've given up on him. Like Robbie Robbie Keane, just moved him on. And with Naby Keita, maybe it's partly because they waited a year to get him. Because the transfer fee, yeah, it was a lot at the time. It's not that big in the market now compared to what you'd imagine for a big money midfielder. And he's just not delivering. Like He's all very good with the ball at your feet, running at Huddersfield defences like that and causing them problems. But he wasn't signed to be that player. He was signed to bring big moments against the big teams. And when you've got someone like, say, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain coming in and doing it after so long out injured, or Adam Lallana when he's been injured for so long delivering more, it's just you see hard to see him get that opportunity. And if he can't take this moment over this Christmas period, how is he going to get that chance? Like you mentioned um, Origi last season, this was when he grabbed that opportunity. It's pretty much now or never. Dan, you go along with that? I mean... Yeah, you do feel that kind of like the next, the next month or so, obviously, with this enormous programme of, of fixtures Liverpool have got, will be kind of the defining period for, for Naby Keita. He, we are, because of you know the, the year in advance build that we were all watching uh, Leipzig game, Leipzig he was playing, yeah. before, wasn't it? Leipzig games on the Bundesliga and following the reports and everyone was dead excited. And the debut against West Ham, he started really well. I think he created the opening goal of the season for Salah, didn't he? Yeah. There's, there's a player in there. I think, oh, yeah. well, undoubtedly. You yeah. know, even if, he, if it doesn't come out in Liverpool, I'm yeah. fairly certain he'd go somewhere else. And, and sometimes it just doesn't work at clubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes that not, that's not necessarily anybody's fault. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's just the wrong, wrong place at the wrong time. I'm, I'm not giving up on him yet. It, it does seem like, you know, one of the major problems that stopped him being able to kind of get any kind of run in the team is that he, he seems to be constantly picking up either illness yeah. or injury or, you know, he, he's virtually every couple of weeks. I'd, I'd love to actually see if, if you know, had the time and the inclination to go through the records and see just how many times has he, has he been ruled out because it does seem a disproportionately large number. But if he can get himself fit, um, you know, I remember Klopp saying earlier in the season, you know, his English is better now, so he seems to understand tactically what's being asked of him. Um, and we we do need that kind of player from the midfield. But yeah, I, I would you know absolutely go along with what the lads have said. The nature of, and to be honest, not just December, January, particularly if we get through against Villa, you know, there's there's aside from you know an FA Cup third round Merseyside derby, potentially two legged Carabao Cup semi final, the first two league game, well. The first two league games after Sheffield United on the second are Tottenham away and Man United at home. So really, it's two massive months for Liverpool and every corner of this squad is going to be needed. So maybe this is the time that Naby steps up. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Bournemouth tomorrow then. One one man who won't be able to play Paul Ghost is Harry Wilson. Um, Mm. Won't be able to play against his parent club. Uh, Klopp. I thought it was very interesting in his press conference today. He said, yeah, we, we know how good he is in terms of scoring goals and taking free kicks, but he, he went to Bournemouth to improve in, in other areas of his game. It seems like he's getting the football. It seems like he is improving. What, what are your thoughts on Harry Wilson? And do you think there's still a future for him at Liverpool? Well, Klopp got asked that in, in the, the breakout bit with the with the, uh, the print press. So that'll be online this evening and in the paper tomorrow. And, and he... Um, delves on that a little bit further and, and basically says that um, there's, in, there's, there's no doubt about his shooting. He's, he's a world-class um, shooter, if that's what you want to call him. He said, name me five players who, who can shoot better than him and, and you won't be able to. But there are other aspects of the game that needs improving on and, and I think that's fair when you're playing in a, a Liverpool front line. You need to be more than just someone who's going to 
get it and, and have a belt every time you, you get a chance. You look at someone like Sadio Mane, who just seems to dovetail with with everyone in that team. Um, but yeah, he, he he does seem to be from the from the outside looking in. He does seem to be doing well at Bournemouth. Um, scored a, a couple uh, in midweek, didn't he? And they got beat. I think he scored against Newcastle, was it, a couple of weeks ago? And, and he's, he's got obviously like two goals in uh, goal of the month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's obviously um, great for the, the highlight reel, isn't he, with the free kicks and, and the, sh- the shots? So um, there's certainly a player in there. He's, I'd, I'd, I'd say he's on the cusp of maybe is he a squad player at Liverpool or is he someone who might be able to fetch them a half decent transfer fee? I suppose we'll, we'll find out in the summer what the plan is for that, but. If if Harry Wilson was coming on for Liverpool in, in a League Cup game or you know an FA Cup or someone further down the league, I don't think at this point watching him, he'd have too many worries um, because I think he is a, a decent player. I if, must, if not top level. Yeah, I must admit, Theo, I I didn't think he'd be able to do it in the Premier League. Uh, I mean, I say that I thought he would be able to to play for sort of a mid-table club like Bournemouth, but I didn't think he'd quite be this good. And he's he played very well. Is is he a, a lesson of patience for players? You know, he's twenty two now. Harry Wilson. He, he seems to have been around. I think he made his Wales debut at the age of fifteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but is he a lesson of patience and allowing players to slowly develop and make that step up slowly? Yeah, that's the whole reason why they've made it under twenty three football instead of under twenty one football because you don't get the players thrown in the teenage years yeah. now. They need game time, and it's just the way football is now. You don't trust an eighteen year old unless they're world class at that age. Um, you get the games gradually and you're seeing clubs now loan players out more and more until they get into the mid-twenties and then it's do you run out of time and run out of patience with them or do you give them that opportunity um, the only times you can think of say at the moment Chelsea they've had yeah. to give the young players opportunities mm. and with the football they're doing well they've yeah. probably been their star players this year um, and Tani Abraham's grabbed his opportunity out and loan in the past another and he's man won- that I wrote off Tommy Abraham sorry, <laughs> sorry Tommy <laughs> and he's been one of the star strikers in the division this year so maybe Wilson could step up and be that man but like Austi said it's the cusp isn't it he's not mm. going to go into that starting 11 it's maybe if Shakiri wants to move on he could be in that role but he's got a Euro 2020 to look forward to now. Is he going to want to just be a squad player off the back of what could be a quite a nice summer for him with Wales? Uh, he's at that age now where we want him to play football. It's a good point Theo makes about Shakiri because we've just said that Shakiri is a man of moments, perhaps mm. isn't somebody that puts it together right throughout the game. Would, do you think that, Dan, that Harry Wilson will be eyeing that sort of spot in the squad? I think if he's realistic, yeah. I mean, he can't be expecting how, even if he scores another 40 goals between now and the end of the season for Bournemouth, he's just going to come back in, in August and replace Salah or Firmino or, or Mane. Um, but, you know, I would concur with what the lads have said. You know, he, he's first off last season at Derby County, he, you know, at the championship level, he, he, he put in some big performances there against Premier League teams in cup competitions. I remember a great free kick at Old Trafford, I think, in the mm-hmm. League Cup. He's then made a step up to play, you know, regularly for a Premier League team and is delivering with goals and assists and, and becoming a regular um, contributor for them. Um, the next step, I suppose, is... It, it, he's, I think he's proved himself to be a Premier League player. There's a difference between being a Premier League player for Liverpool, sorry, a Premier League player for Bournemouth and a Premier League player for Liverpool, when the expectation level, when you're expected to win every single game, when losing, a, when drawing a game can feel catastrophic... That is a whole different ball game, and whether he's got the the mentality as much as anything else to be able to cope with that burden of expectation, we we may well see next season. But you know, I've, having seen how well he's done this season, 
Um, quite grateful for the rule that you know p- players can't play against the parent yeah. club because he oh, could he do his score against the forward. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> he, he could do some serious damage tomorrow if he was playing. So I'm glad he's not. It's funny all plays Bournemouth, isn't it? Because I, I almost have bad memories just because of one game that that game when Liverpool were three one up and two nil and three two nil and three one. Yeah, and that that was the game where Rigi scored and it was a brilliant goal from an out- Chad, wide Chad angle. Scored a great goal. In that he game. did, yeah. yeah. Um, it's been a fairly happy hunting ground for Liverpool, hasn't it? Since since they've been promoted, I mean, four 0 win last season. Um, and this season, four nil. Yeah, it's merging to one. Won the FA Cup. Mm. Um, do you envision too many problems tomorrow, Gorsi? Do, do, do you I, think it's a sort of standing I, game now? Yeah, I, I don't see too many problems. It's not a place where you know somewhere like Burnley where you just associate with being tricky and tough it's funny that actually uh, just to interrupt I saw Andrew Beasley who, who does stats for a that. great stat the other day <laughs> everyone thinks that Palace yeah. and Burnley are these two really difficult places to go and they've won one in the last sort of however many attempts against the, the big six and yeah. it's just not anywhere near as tricky as people make out but, but do you continue it, it, it's, it's one of those things you wrong. Just, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't so much me saying that it's, it's more like mean, something that it feels like yeah. it doesn't even though Burnley are uh, 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 aren't great at all I watched them against Manchester City the other night and I thought they were terrible um, but Bournemouth doesn't feel like a, a, a tough place to go it seems very nice and, and gentle and Bournemouth will try and <laughs> try and have a little game of football with you sausage dog on the side <laughs> yeah makes me up <laughs> Bournemouth will try and, and have, a, have a little bit of a game against you and uh, if they do that against Liverpool they'll come unstuck so hopefully there's not too many problems at, at the Vitality tomorrow I think if Liverpool show up then they'll win Um and that's what they'll need to do. Do you think there'll be a bit of rotation? Uh, back to the original 11, you'd imagine. Do you think, think so, yeah? I'm not sure. I think, I think I he'll sort, sort of make, might go halfway house sort yeah. of thing. You'd imagine um, he'll put Salah back in, because yeah. his team he loves scoring against. Yeah. Get him some bit of form there. Didn't get a hat-trick there last season. Get his confidence up a bit. Exactly. Bournemouth, yeah, yeah. it's a weird one, because you normally you'd fear, you wouldn't fear them, but because they're in this bad place at the moment, losing games... Uh, Eddie Howe never seems to learn his lesson against Liverpool. He always wants to try and play against them. And after so many thrashings, when they're not playing well at the moment, is it a time where they change that up? But then Liverpool just win games anyway now. Yeah. Um, it's Who do you put in to grab that opportunity to make sure that doesn't happen? Because you want someone who's sharp and fresh. Can you really go to Divock Origi? Great performance. You're on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Shaqiri. It's tough goals, but maybe that could be the front three. Salah, Shaqiri. Yeah. Salah. Um, Origi was one that was missed. Yeah, and maybe give Mane a rest for ahead of his return to Salzburg on Tuesday. Yeah. But perhaps um, Bournemouth aren't capable of changing it up like that. Then perhaps that they've got a way of playing, and that then they're not able to sort of dig in. I'm a bit wary about doing Eddie Howe's team talk for him. To be honest, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> they, sure they, Eddie they, might end, they might end up putting this podcast up in the dressing room <laughs> yeah. before and the old fashioned speakers. Dom he's a very way, good player. The, the best thing about Bournemouth by far is David Squire's illustration of Eddie Howe's head. <laughs> is, if, if you've not seen it and you don't know who David Squires is Guardian he's the Guardian class. Class. He's, he's, no relation he's, he's absolute no, no relation to Theodore Sebastian Barnaby Squires um, but he, he, um, he he's absolutely fantastic just just go and have a look at, at his work type in David Squires on, on Google but type in David Squires Eddie Howe because it's, it's the greatest thing in the world it's, I, I, I want a full blown like poster of Eddie Howe's face from your wall that's your secret Santa sauce I think when we tweet these pods out later we'll have to include David in one of our tweets and yeah. Yeah. see if he jumps on it okay should we pick our team for Bournemouth and, well, yeah. did you, was there something you wanted to say Dan you look not doing any I think there was but then you, you, you sidetracked me with Eddie yeah, Howe um, 
No, well... Yeah, no, there was actually. The, um, so, <laughs> Settle in, lads. It's going to be a long one. <laughs> no, only, only very quickly. Um, it's, you know, Liverpool should win. Liverpool would expect to win. Um, I very much hope Liverpool will win. But you know, Bournemouth have lost, I think it's four straight games. Uh, and another little aspect to it, and I just literally heard it driving in now, obviously Eddie Howe has now been linked with the vacant Everton role. Yeah. And he spoke about it in his press conference earlier on today and said he felt it was disrespectful for his name to be linked, disrespectful to Bournemouth yeah. as a club for him to be linked with that. So that's just another little kind of feature to the, you know, to the context building up yeah. to the game that Liverpool should be aware of. You know, you've always, there's always that wounded tiger syndrome. But if, you know, if, I think, uh, obviously, we're getting on to teams now. I think Klopp will pick a team to get the job done. Obviously, he's, he mentioned in his press conference it's difficult the tight turnaround with, you know, 72 hours effectively from Wednesday to Saturday from the Derby match. But also, it hurts going forward as well. You know, because of, because we didn't beat Napoli, all, you know, they must get a result in Salzburg because the thought of dropping into the, the Europa League on Thursday nights is not someone that anyone wants in the new year, is it? So no. we very much need three points tomorrow, but we also very much need at least a point and hopefully three in, in, in Austria on Tuesday. We'd have to change Echo Football Nights again. Oh, God. Beware the, um, beware the wounded, the wounded, the wounded cherries. cherry. <laughs> pop, pop cherries. Beware the pop cherries. Steady. <laughs> <laughs> um, should, we, should we pick our teams? Cool. Um, in goal, Alisson's back. Yeah, Alisson back in, yeah. yeah. Served as one game ban. Um, Defence? Trent. Yeah, Trent. Robertson, Lovren, Van Dijk, anyone? It's gonna have to be. Yeah. It's gonna have to be. Anyone sure. anyone want to make a make a change? Joe Gomez, maybe. I'm I'm half tempted to give Gomez a game, possibly even a centre back. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see him as a right back again. Lovren's no. been playing so well though as well. And and centre half you feel do well for just having game time. They're, they're not Could you rest Virgil van Dijk? Would it be an insult to Bournemouth? would would, would the world stop turning on his axis? I, think it I mean too. You know, listen, he's a magnificent footballer, the best defender I've ever seen play for Liverpool. But he was a bit lucky not to give a penalty away the other night. I'm yeah. not saying it was a nailed on one, but I've seen them given, I think we all have. And there's a lot of games. It's just taken as Van Dijk plays every game. He's a human being. He gets tired. It's not just the physical tiredness, I always say, it's the mental tiredness as well. So I just think Joe Gomez is an outstanding young footballer who needs more football in his legs. We are going to need him this season. Yeah. And he hasn't, you know, he struggled in the Napoli game. We all saw that. But that doesn't mean he's finished. So. I wouldn't be surprised if Klopp tries to get Gomez in there yet. Well, you made a really good case for it, but no, I want Van Dijk in the <laughs> yeah. team from now until the rest of time. Uh, when he's uh, when he's eighty, I want him to just wheel him out and say, "Stand there, head that head that cross away." Benjamin's games will be very different then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, midfield, um, I suppose it's a difficult one. That you're gonna, you're going to mm. give Naby Keita that chance. I am. Yeah, you are, yeah. I think after after all our talk about him, I'm going to have yeah. to. Convinced. He played well there last year, didn't he? He did, yeah. That, well, that was part of me thinking. That was kind of the game when him and Fabinho started to show mm. what they could do. Yeah. And obviously Fabinho has just carried that on. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll name Cater. The tough one is what to do with the Fabinho role because I think Wayne Alderman, Henderson can both play it. Henderson had a rest, didn't he? Mm. So. Yeah, you'd think he'd come back in, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll go, I'll go Cater, Henderson, Wayne Alderman. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll go along that, Theo. Uh, I reckon Henderson is the deep one after his rest. Uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain. You go for Ox mm. instead of instead of um, instead of Cater. But I'd probably rest Genie as well because yeah. he, like, he's had a lot of football yeah. playing Milner. Milner, Milner or Lallana. So Milner, Oxlade-Chamberlain, and Henderson is your yeah. Dan Henderson, um, Oxlade-Chamberlain, and Cater. 
and it's an Oxlade Chamberlain. midfield that we will never see very again. Very Oxlade Chamberlain. I mean, they, they played there against Genk, was it? Yeah. In Champions mm. League, and it looked so exciting. And but that's when they had Fabinho. They gave away some there was so many. Yeah, there was mm. quite a lot of space left from that. Mm. And it's very different when you've got Fabinho. Yeah. He just runs yeah. everywhere. I kind of get the impression. Yeah, I kind of, to my mind, I kind of I think it's maybe one of those games. We've won their four 0 the last two seasons. Let's go in, blitz them, get the game won early. Yeah. So you won what eight 0 yeah, that'll that'll do me. Um, <laughs> and then they can, you know, hopefully conserve, you know, manage the game and conserve a bit of energy for Tuesday. So from, I wouldn't play the, the, the natural front three either. No, no. Well, we'll find out in a second. Theo, we know you're going to go for Origi, Salah, and Shakiri because yep. that's what you suggested before. Um, I perhaps wouldn't go for that because which side would Salah up front? Salah through the middle because he uh, caused them so many troubles last year. Origi on the left because he's done that and caused them troubles as well, and then Shakiri on the right. Okay. It's difficult to, to say to Origi after that performance in the derby. Now you're on the bench. I've got to start him. I just don't know what to do on either side. I'm going to go Origi down the middle, Salah and Mane. Dan? I'm going to go Origi, Salah, Firmino. I think I'm going to go with Dan. I think um, Shakiri, as as unfair as it is, it always feels like he's going to be the fall guy just yeah. because of his assistant. He's still going to have play. I still think yeah. he's going to play plenty oh, of football yeah, this month. Yeah. But he play, I think he played the full 90, didn't he? You know, and that was like yeah. in his first start. Yeah. So even just physically, yeah. I think yeah. it might be a big ask to, to ask him to go. But I think it's good though for the first time that we're actually having quite a bit of yeah, a debate yeah. on the yeah. team because yeah. for so long it was just, the only other thing was who's, who's playing in midfield. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Dan, you're going for 8-0? No, a bit more circumspect this week, seven. <laughs> seven. <laughs> the seven. Two, one. Everyone else? Four nil. Four <laughs> nil. Hat trick. Four uh, nil. Yeah. Why not? Who's Three got the hat trick? It w- if we win four nil, it would be the third successive season we've won four nil there yeah. in the league. Wouldn't who, it? Sorry, who, who's got the hat trick? Oh, oh, we, um, oh, a hat trick of four nil. A hat trick of four nil. You know, yeah, but I'll, yeah. go on, I'll, go, I'll go for a big div hat trick as well. Why not? All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, 3 1. Liverpool don't keep clean sheets anymore. So, 3 1. That is true. But I think they will. Tomorrow, um, I'm going to go with Dan actually 4 0 another one quite convincing don't really see too much of a threat if I'm honest if Liverpool show up and play Solanke properly is going to score now yeah I mean I, yeah surely this is going to be quite a routine one well I'm going to partner up with Theo unless he cancels on me which is really <laughs> I can go with 3-1 so some confident Reds right well I hope that does it we'll be back on Monday to discuss hopefully a big win at Bournemouth and look ahead to what is a very very crucial game in Salzburg see you then ta you've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo